Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name's Sean, for those that don't know me, and uh, I'm just going to be sharing a few thoughts with you this morning. Um, so, give me some ideas of what's on your bucket list. Daniel, holidays. holidays. Anywhere in particular? North Wales. North Wales, fantastic. Ian? Spain with mum and dad. <laughs> Does, do mum and dad know that Ian's going with them? Who else? Who else? Who's got something? <clears throat> what was that with some dolphins? You want to see dolphins? You want to see dolphins? What about swimming with them? You wouldn't mind swimming with them? Scares the life out of me, that does. Just the thought of it. Cottage pies on your bucket list. I get that. I totally get that one. So I've, I've, I've struck that one off my list. Visit Australia, anywhere in particular? Uh, anywhere where they play football. Anywhere they play, well, they play that here. <laughs> <laughs> the better was that than Witness in Australia. Maybe I misheard that. Anybody else? Nobody from over here, come on. What was that? Swimming in open waters. There's a few people that do that. There's a connect group opening up there by the sounds of it. I'm not joining that one. <clears throat> one more from over here. Come on. Something on your bucket list. See a, see a whale. Okay, fine. Any particular whale? Nope. Fair enough. Well, on my bucket list, I've got quite a few. Uh, both me and my wife have got very similar ones, which is quite helpful. Um, one of them is to go to uh, the Inca Trail and see Machu Picchu. Um, I'd love to do that. Um, then th my other one, which is, I say it's more attainable, but it's possibly something that I'm, I might be able to do at some point in my life, is own a camper van. I would love to own a camper van. VW camper van with a couple of bikes on the back. Me and my wife, just go. Forget the kids, forget everything else. We just go. Um, I don't care where we go. We could go to North Wales, I don't care. Um, we could even go to Australia, but that might be a bit more complicated. Um, but I, we would just love to go. That's, that's our kind of holiday where we're active and busy and doing stuff like that. I want to introduce you to a guy that had something on his bucket list. Um, this is the guy. There. He was known in the 70s and 80s, I'm showing my age here, and I apologise for that. I've just ruled out half the, half the people here. Um, in the 70s and 80s, he was known as Rainbow Wig Guy. What he would do, because on his bucket list, he wanted to become famous. So he came up with a plan. He came up with this plan where he would go to big sporting events and try and get as close to where he knew the action would be. So one occasion he went to the Olympic Games, so he used to eat, and he got arrested in the Moscow Olympic Games for some reason, I don't know why, I didn't research why he got arrested. Um, but basically he would stand near podiums, he would stand by the dugouts, and he would basically stand there with this rainbow wig on to try and get people's attention and find out, uh, try and become famous. 
Then one night, his name is Roland Stewart. His name is Roland Stewart. Okay. And one night, after he'd been to an event, he got into his motel room. And in his motel room, he was watching Christian TV. That was quiet. I know some people watch it. Um, And anyway, he was watching Christian TV. And he came across a verse in the Bible, which he came up with that such a genius plan. He was going to write on his t-shirt, John 3.16, and wear it at all these different sporting occasions and try and become famous and spread the good news about Jesus. Sounds like a great idea, doesn't it? He got Christians to sponsor him, uh, to get tickets into all these different places, and he, he lived a fantastic life. Um, He got to the NBA Finals. He went to the Indianapolis 500. Like I say, he got arrested in the Moscow Olympics in 1980. And I have a vague recollection of seeing him in one of these sporting events that I was watching when I was was young. It must have been the Olympics um, because I never watched any of the other ones. And I have a vague recollection. And do you know what? He became famous. One of his things on his bucket list was ticked off. However... The verse that he had printed on his T-shirt never really affected his life. The Simpsons, even even starred in The Simpsons, they did one of uh, a little cameo of him in this, one of his episodes of The Simpsons. Um, he was on Saturday Night Live. Uh, they did a parody of him, and he became this famous man for wearing a rainbow wig and a T-shirt that said John three sixteen. But you know that saying, done that, got the T-shirt? Well, he did it, and he got the T-shirt, but actually it never, ever changed his life. Because what a lot of people don't know is, the guy is currently in prison for three life sentences for hostage-taking and four counts of sending stink bombs. He wore the T-shirt... But the message didn't get through to his life. It didn't impact him enough. You see, part of the problem is, a lot of people can just roll off the verse John 3.16, which I'll talk about in a moment. They can just roll it off the top tip of the tongue. Most people who go to church will have an idea. John 3.16. Probably most church alarm codes are probably 3.16, to be honest with you. Or 0316, or words that, numbers of that effect. Ours isn't, so don't worry about that. Um, but when he saw this passage, he was more interested in becoming famous than what the passage could actually mean to his life personally. There's an amazing promise in John 3:16. There's 29 words depends on which version you read. And this promise of eternity is wrapped up in all of this. We're going to be talking about going into a series. This is the first of a few weeks series on Promise Keeper. Hope in uncertain times. And we're going to be looking at some of the promises that Jesus made over the last few, uh, over the next few weeks. Now you might be sitting there thinking, These Christians don't half go on about the Bible a bit. 
Um, but we do. And it's true, we do. It's because we believe that it is a letter from God to us. We believe that actually in it, and contain important in the words and the writings within there, that it contains the gift of life to all of us. Not just life, but eternal life. We believe that if we apply these things that are written down in the Bible to our lives, that not only does it give us a promise of a hope and a future, but it can transform us into somebody far better than we were and that we are as we continue to live out the truths that are placed within the Bible. You see, God personally didn't write, sit down and write the Bible. He didn't get his MacBook out and start tapping away. What he did was he chose a whole load of people to write down things that he wanted us to know over thousands and thousands of years later that are still relevant to us today. It's a bit like uh, Sir Christopher Wren. He was the architect who built, who designed uh, St. Paul's Cathedral in London. Fantastic, amazing building. But he never laid a single brick. But he was the architect. There were stonemasons and all kinds of different builders involved in the building of it. But he was the one that designed it, that orchestrated it that put it all together, that came up with this vision. And God, through his Holy Spirit, brought about the Bible to bring these truths and promises into our lives that are still truth today for us to live out. <clears throat> the Bible is full of promises. Anybody any idea how many promises there might be in the Bible? Shout out, just shout out. Thousand, okay? A hundred? Sixty? Eight thousand? Ooh! Ooh! Well, somebody, somebody once said it was between three thousand and thirty thousand. However, there's only thirty-one thousand one hundred two verses in the Bible, so that might be stretching it thirty thousand. Then one guy. Everick R. Storms, what a fantastic name, a Canadian school teacher, on his 27th reading of the Bible. 27 times. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Started to make a list of these promises as he went through the Bible. It took him 18 months to go through it. And he came up with, Caroline, get this, 8,810 promises. What a godly wife you have, Phil. <laughs> and that breaks down into 7,487 promises from God to man. Uh, 991 promises from one person to another person. Um, two promises of God the Father to God the Son, so God to Jesus. Uh, 290 promises from a person to God. And then 40 other combinations, including nine made by Satan. There you go. Interesting. But let's have a look at what um, John 3.16 says. So let's take a look at that this morning, which I believe is the greatest promise ever made by Jesus. And it says this. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son 
so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, so so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. What I want to do today is break that down for us. So I'm going to go through a phrase or a word within that and just take a sneak peek look at it and just to see what we can learn from this passage today. Just this one, like I say, 29 words. So for this is how God, God, who is the greatest good, no one can compare to him. Apart from me, have you ever met a really nice person? <laughs> Aren't they lovely to be around? Aren't they fantastic? You know, we, we have, through history, great, um, great, I've lost the word now, um, Examples, great examples of brilliant and great humanitarians. Humanitarians are people who are concerned with seeking or to promote human welfare. So they are all about helping others. We've got the likes of Mahatma Gandhi. We've got the likes of Desmond Tutu, who both myself and my wife once had breakfast with him. He was the other side of the room and he walked past us. And I could, have, I could have, you know the, the, uh, the passage in Scripture where the woman touches Jesus' garment? I could have touched uh, Desmond Tutu's cloak, but I didn't because I feel like I would have been pounced on by his guards. Um, uh, Nelson Mandela, Abraham Lincoln, Mother Teresa, all great, wonderful people that did so much for humanity. They were all considered good people and there are good people sitting in this room. And there are good people all throughout the world doing amazing things. But not one can share the spotlight when we talk about our eternal God. God is good. 1 Chronicles 16 and 34 says this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. How good is God in your life? Have you experienced the goodness of God in your life today? So often, the things that are going on around our lives can cause us to forget the simplistic fact that God is good. And he is good to you and to me. God always was good always is good and always will be good. God is the greatest good. Then we move on to, for God so, for this is how God loved, loved the greatest action. Can you describe what love is? Give me a word to describe love. It's an action. Kind, patience, kindness. kindness. It's, 
It's quite difficult to nail love down to one word, isn't it? Because it's so much more. It's so much more than a feeling. You know, there's lots of different types of love. So, you know, I love my wife. I love my children. You know the, the um, question that we had a few months ago where it says, if you had only one meal for the rest of your life, uh, what would it be? Mine would be a roast dinner all day long because you can mess about with a roast dinner because, you know, don't say chicken dinner because that limits you to chicken. And you can, you know, your vegetables are en endless. Your condiments are endless. So mine would be a roast dinner. I love a roast dinner. But God, the greatest good, loved, loves. And that moved him into acting on our behalf. It meant that he had to do something because of the depth of love that he has for you moved him into action. What greater action can we have is to love or show love for another person. So, for this is how God loved the world. That's me. That's you. That's everybody on the face of this planet. However, the world is in the greatest need. It's in a bad way. All over the news, there's wars, there's famine, there's greed. There's things that are going on within politics, within financial institutes, within all kinds of things that we haven't got the answer for. But that's not the world's biggest problem. They are big, they are huge but it's not the world's biggest problem. The world's biggest problem is a thing called sin. We don't use that word very often now. We say, tend to say, oh, it was a mistake or a mishap or a loss of self-control. Um, but let's be honest. Sin is simply, in its simplistic form, is that central letter, I. Everything is about me. I want to please me. I want to live my life how I want to be. I want things my way. If you want to be part of my life, then you have to do the things that I say. It's me, it's me, it's me. It's all about I. Romans 3:23 says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of of God. We have all fallen short. None of us can match up to God's goodness, to God's perfection. I'm not standing here saying that my life is sorted. I haven't got this sin thing sorted in my own life. And daily I have to go back to God and ask him for forgiveness. But the reality of it is, is none of us can measure up to the goodness of God. But God didn't leave us in our mess. He didn't leave us with that thing where we live a selfish life. 
For God so loved the world that he gave, which is the greatest example. Because of his goodness, because of his love, God responded. So what did he do? For God, this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, which is the greatest sacrifice. He gave his one and only son, the greatest sacrifice. Now, I have three children. I love them. Sometimes I could kick them. Doesn't get any better as they get older. Just let me tell you that. Um, no, I love them. And say, for example, I had a choice. Okay, and that choice was... Where have I jumped to? Yeah, I've gone somewhere I shouldn't have done, yeah. Just rewind that bit. Um, yeah, 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 I'm all there. Skip that bit. Um, yes, right, okay. But with all of you lot here, if somebody walked in to that room, in the room and told me that sacrifice one of your children for you lot. Now, don't get me wrong, I like you lot. <laughs> Mainly, I think. No, honestly. I don't think, if I had a choice between you lot and one of my children, that I would give up my child for you. I'm sorry. Don't stone me. Don't hate me. But I think most people would be, feel the same. That if it was you or your, if it was you lot or, the, or your child, you'd tend to choose your child. Nobody's there. No, it's not happening. Don't worry. But the reality is this, is God chose you he chose you now Jesus didn't just um, Jesus was willing to sacrifice his life he wasn't made to do it he willingly accepted and was obedient to his father's request Philippians 2.8 says this he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. You see, the problem with that word sin that we covered earlier is it needed to be dealt with. And it needed somebody who had never sinned to deal with it. And Jesus dealt with it because he never sinned. He constantly lived obediently to the Father. And he chose to lead a sinless life so that he could die instead of you and instead of me. <clears throat> For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone, which is the greatest invitation. This isn't dependent on the colour of your skin. It doesn't depend on your postcode. It doesn't depend on which part of the country you live in. It doesn't depend on whether you live in a big house or small house. It doesn't matter whether you've got thousands in the bank or whether you're penniless it doesn't matter whether you live on the streets it doesn't matter whether you're the best person in the world or the worst person in the world God invites you 
to an eternity with him so that everyone could be part of it. I love it when my children came back from school when they were young with party invitations. They were so excited about getting this party invitation and um, they would come running out of school and wave it at me and shake it and, and get ever so excited. Can we go, 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 can we go? I've got no problem with what you're going on about, but please let me read it before I can tell you whether we can go or not. Um, but they were so excited. And when I saw this as an invitation to my life, I got excited that God was inviting me. God, the all good, the greatest good God was inviting me. And he's inviting you too. And at the age of 15, I accepted that invitation. And 36 years later, I think, if my maths is right. 36 years later, I am still excited that I accepted that invitation from the very good, the greatest God. And it has changed the rest of my life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him, there's the crutch of everything that we're talking about this morning who believes in him, which is the greatest response to the greatest invitation, to the greatest good, to the greatest action, to the greatest need. This is the greatest response. Who believes? At 15, I became aware that God loved me. I became aware that I needed forgiving. And I heard about a man which I'd heard about before called Jesus. But on this occasion, my response was yes. And I made a choice to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, which is the greatest dread that one day we will all no longer be here. And where is our eternity? For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life, which is the greatest gift ever. I talked about owning a camper van. Hey, that would be a great gift for somebody to give me. Um, but this is better. This is so much better. That I will not perish, but I will have eternal life. What a gift to receive. I didn't want to have an eternity without hope. I didn't want an eternity without peace, without the goodness of God being active in my life. And at 15, I received the greatest gift ever. Jesus, the promise keeper, promises eternal lives for those who believe and walk with him. Don't ask me what that looks like. Don't start asking me and quizzing me about what heaven's like. You can read it in the Bible. You can read into it what you read into it. I just know that I don't want an alternative. I just know 
that I don't want any other option than a life that is full of hope and love and a future and peace and God's goodness and God's faithfulness and God's mercy and God's forgiveness that constantly flows over my life. I know that that's the kind of eternity that I want. Anything else scares the living jeebies out of me. So, John 3.16, for this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. <clears throat> Going back to Rainbow Wig Guy, he knew the phrase, he had the t-shirt, but he didn't let it affect his life. He could probably even say it without even having it in front of him. Many of us may well be able to do that today. But we have to move from wearing the t-shirt to believing what the words say and the promise means. That actually we are in need of a loving God who is all good who sent his son to die for me so that I might believe in him and have eternal life. God that was good yesterday, that is good today, will be good for you tomorrow. For this is how God loves you. This is how God loves you. Daniel, this is how God loves you, mate. Sean, this is how God loves me. Connor, this is how God loves you. This is how God loves you, John. Apply that to your name. Irrespective of who's sitting next to you, make it personal to you today. God loves you. This is how God loves you. That he gave his son Jesus for you. That you don't need to perish. But you can have eternal life in him. And that is the greatest promise I believe Jesus has ever made. The promise of eternity with him. Dealing with all the mess that we create for ourselves and giving us hope and future and life and goodness and faithfulness that he pours into our lives daily. As I said, 36 years ago, I made that decision. Do not regret it one single day of my life because even when I've not recognized it, God's goodness has been there, evident, every day of my life. And before I even acknowledge God, I can see his hand all over my life before, the, um, before I came to that day at the age of 15. But it's your choice. God promises something for you. Jesus promises a life 
with you that will last eternity. But it's our choice. Shall we just stand if you're able to? At the end of uh, when I finished here, um, I'm just going to... Uh, the, the band won't be here, but the, the worship song will kick in. Um, there's going to be a team of people praying there. But I really want to give you an opportunity this morning to apply that goodness of God to your life today. I can't talk about John 3.16, the fact that God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus without giving you an opportunity to choose and to believe and to start walking with him. So I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And if you want to say these words along with me, then feel free. Um, I'll pause after each sentence. Um, Either say it in your heart or say it out loud. It's entirely up to you. Father God, thank you that you are good. Thank you that you saw my need. And I thank you that you responded. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die instead of me that I might believe and live my life with you. Amen. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer today, feel free to head over to the team who would love to pray with you. could even give you a a Bible if you've not got one. Um, And thank you for being with us this morning. We're going to just worship now.